Whatever the Weather listeners, it's your pal Sarah Spivey speaking, and today we are talking about fog. Fog is gray and drab and dreary and gives us ladies bad hair days, but there's much more to it. I talk about the science behind fog, how it develops, and talk about the all-elusive and ever-elusive dew point temperature. And then my pal Katie talks about the history of fog and some interesting events. A lot of accidents end up happening over fog. We hope you guys enjoy. Here's whatever the weather. Fog. Hey guys, welcome back to Whatever the Weather. Episode 3. Episode 3. Today, we are talking all about fog. Which, if you live in South Texas, you've had a lot of experience with fog recently. Yeah. Oh, so we're currently speaking beginning of February, and for the past seven days, we have seen fog every single morning. So fog has been on our mind. You may say we have had foggy minds. We have had foggy minds. Foggy, foggy, foggy brains. Yeah, okay. the mornings have been terrible. First, though, I have to tell you something, Katie. I just got back from fixing my car with my bare hands. And you say that and all I all I can see is just like you ripping things out of the hood of your car. Yes. With yeah, with your bare hands. I have um I have heels on. <laughs> and so I was like, I am woman, hear me roar. Now, to be honest, I really only fixed my headlight and I had YouTube oh. with me. But I still had... No one needs to know that. No one needs to know. I still had the grease on my hands. But it was foggy outside when I did it, so... This fog is crazy. See, it's, it's relevant, what I said. It, it wasn't is. just a brag. <laughs> you need to have your headlights Yeah. in fog. My little necklace. Yeah, your little necklaces keep on hitting your mic. Um, but that's okay. We'll just keep it like that. Thank Don't you. move your body mm, at all. Statue. Still. Okay, so... Um, Katie, I have to say this. The thing I picture with fog, have you seen that uh, 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie? Oh, yes. With Keira Knightley? Oh, in the end? In the end, Mr. Darcy is like he walking through walking. this field of fog. <laughs> and it's very romantic. Like, where did you come from? How did you know? Part of me wants to think that he's not like, oh man, look at Keira Knightley over there. Part of me thinks he's like, oh, look at this gorgeous fog. Where the temperature meets the dew point. beautiful English morning. Wow, yes. good, good accent. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, it's that, really but the wonderful. end is so ultra cheese ball. It is ultra cheese ball. I heard that they did an American end to it. So like the English version just ends with the play, <laughs> where they like Mr. Darcy's getting approval from um, Elizabeth's dad mm-hmm. to get married. But they had to put an extra cheese ball ending in for the American viewers where like they're like kissing and oh, she's like, there. Mr. Darcy, Mrs. Oh, Darcy, yeah. Mrs. Darcy. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that was a sidebar. That's what we like to call a sidebar. Um, but it does have to do with the fog mm-hmm. <laughs> that he saw on the field. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how fog is formed. Take it away, Mr. Darcy.
So fog yeah. can be considered a cloud on the ground, right? Yes. Okay, but it forms differently than clouds. Clouds need lift to form and they're high up in the sky, but a, a fog is, is formed and the key is the dew point temperature. Mm -hmm. Now there is a lot of confusion about what dew point actually is. So I'm gonna try to explain it. The dew point is the temperature where the air becomes completely saturated. So that's where a pocket of air can no longer hold all the water vapor in that pocket as gas, it has to condense out. Uh, so all the excess water condenses into these teeny tiny visible floating water droplets and that is fog okay yes. but the key is that the air temperature has to cool down to the dew point in order to condense into fog so here's an example fog is typically found at what time of the day katie morning morning or late evening Very late. right uh, so that's because the temperature has had time to cool down to the dew point so let's say we have a typical spring day mm -hmm. in south texas where the high temperature is 70 degrees and the dew point is 60 degrees mm -hmm. well in the overnight hours that's when the air cools so that temperature of 70 degrees is going to cool down so that by sunrise let's just say the morning low is 60. so that means the air temperature is 60 the dew point is 60 and that's when fog can form and that air will condense winds must be calm if winds are strong they mix up the air and keep it from condensing mm -hmm. so this is a tricky thing. This is where Katie and I have to forecast. If we see that the temperature is going to cool down to the dew point and fog is going to develop, but there's going to be a strong wind, we're like, no, nah, not going to be any fog. No fog. No fam. fog. No fog, fam. Fog, fam. <clears throat> Foggy funk. Okay. So, I have a question. Yeah. And you may get to this, but okay. can the air temperature continue to fall down past the dew point? No, it cannot, oh. Katie. It's almost like you knew that answer yourself. Yeah, like... No, the air temperature is limited by the dew point. Mm -hmm. The air temperature can never go below the dew point, okay? So some people may ask, well, then how does the dew point go up and down, right? Yeah. Some people may ask that. Well, a higher dew point means that there's more water in the air, so it would really only take a small drop in temperatures to condense. Mm -hmm. So in order to raise and lower the dew point, you have to put in water or take out water. So putting in water, a higher dew point. Let's say you have a southeast wind where the wind is coming off of the Gulf of Mexico. That is a lot of moisture in the air. That would make the dew point go higher. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have a cold front that brings cold air in from uh, the Rockies where it's really dry. That's gonna take out water in the air and it's gonna make the dew point go down. Make sense? Yes. Cool, okay. So now I wanna talk about different types of fog. Radiation fog is the first type of fog, and that's just pretty much what I described. Mm -hmm. So the type of fog that develops overnight, thanks to the cooling of the air. So fog will actually dissipate or lift once the temperature gets above the dew point again. Mm -hmm. So that usually is like during the mid-morning hours when we start to see the temperature rise for the day. Yeah. That's when that fog will dissipate. So that's radiation fog. That's the most common fog that many of us are used to. Then there's valley fog. And valley fog is what it sounds like. It, okay, it's not valley girl fog. It's, <laughs> oh my gosh, check out this fog. Oh my God, it's so hard to see. This fog okay. is ridiculous. Okay, so fog, valley fog is fog that forms when cold, dense air sinks into the valleys of hills or mountains because 
air, cold air sinks, mm -hmm. right? So when that cold air sinks into the valleys, what it does is it cools the surrounding air to the dew point. And remember, cooling the temperature to the dew point is the key for fog to form. So this is when you have like picturesque views of the Yosemite National Park and you've got those uh, that fog in the valleys there. Mm -hmm. So that's valley fog. Got it? Get it? Got it? Good. Good. Okay. Next up, advection fog. Advection. It's a fancy word, which basically just means movement. So what I want you to do, Katie, is I want you to picture San Francisco in the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Fog. Fog. Wow. Yeah, the rolling fog that they get in San Francisco. Yeah, so you can see. It's iconic, right? Yeah. It's a picturesque view of fog on the Golden Gate Bridge. That is advection fog. Now, what advection fog is, is it happens when warm, humid air from the bay flows over the land, which is a lot colder. Mm -hmm. Okay, so as that warm, humid air flows over the cold land, it cools that warm, humid air down to the dew point because it's humid. And that's what forms that rolling, moving fog that is iconic with San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge. That's cool. That's cool, right? So that's advection fog. Next up is evaporation or steam fog. And it's kind of the opposite of what I just explained with advection fog. So. Uh, this is when cold air passes over a warm, humid surface. So think uh, like a cold front moving over the warm ocean. Okay, that cold front is going to uh, cool that surface air right above the ocean mm -hmm. to the dew point and create some steam. Uh, you can think about Great Lakes, the Great Lakes having steam off of them yeah. in the early morning hours. Uh, this can also be extremely localized and isolated, even to the point of like a hot tub on a cold day. Okay. You you know how you, yeah, yeah. You know how you see steam rising from a hot oh, yeah. tub? Yeah, that's actually evaporation fog. The air right above the hot tub is warm and humid, and it's cold outside, and so that cools that warm and humid air right to the dew point and forms steam and fog. So pretty neat. Yeah. Or a cup of coffee outside. Yeah. How it evaporates. That's evaporation fog, but we just think of it as steam. Yeah. Right? So that's pretty neat. These next ones are pretty interesting. Freezing fog. I like this one. Freezing fog. We, we just explained freezing uh, rain mm -hmm. in our first episode. If you want to go back and listen to it, that'd be great. But basically what freezing fog is, is it's those tiny little liquid water droplets that form with, with fog, but they're sub-freezing. They're below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, zero degrees Celsius. And so all they have to do is come in contact with a branch or a car or an airplane mm -hmm. and they'll instantly freeze. And so we've got some cool pictures for this on our Instagram page of these trees that are just coated in this crystal-like ice because of freezing fog. So that's interesting and it can be dangerous. It can be dangerous for airplanes. Uh, it can be dangerous uh, for driving your vehicle mm -hmm. uh, because it can cause instant freezing on your car. It's pretty interesting. Make things slick. Yes, and there are many other types of fog, but one of the types of fog that I really love, our boss Phil is looking at us right now. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to get this right. Hold on, Phil. Okay. Um, the really interesting kind of fog that is pretty rare but happens during severe thunderstorms is hail fog. I have not heard of this. You haven't? No. Hail fog is fascinating. So when I worked up in Oklahoma, we would have hail fog. Mm -hmm. And what hail fog is, is hail happens, so balls of ice that fall from the sky. Okay. 
this is usually on like the springtime when the warm uh, when the air is warm and humid so after a, a storm will move through it dumps all of this fog but the air that's left behind is still warm and humid mm. so it dumps and it doesn't dump all the fog it, it dumps all the hail and the air that's left behind is really warm and humid so right at the surface you've got this cold hail yeah and then the air around it is cooled down to the dew point, and so you get fog that forms off the ground, and this is the coolest looking thing. I found some really interesting pictures with it, and it, it is interesting, because you see this hail on the ground, and then just these people standing in this fog. That's awesome. And it's so awesome. So fog is really cool, fog is really interesting, and those are just certain types of fog, but there have been times, Katie, correct me if I'm wrong, that fog has been deadly for some people. Yes, because you know, the first thing that pops in your visibility drops. And this is yeah. what we show on TV. We show visibility. Right. So that's how, you know, how far you can see out in front of you. And when we show it on TV, it's in miles. So I think this morning was down to less than a mile mm -hmm. in San Antonio. It was down to about a quarter of a mile. Now, you know this, but I want our, our listeners to know this. When is fog considered dense and dangerous? When it's when visibility drops below a quarter of a mile yeah to a quarter of a mile or less and that's when it becomes hard to see like mm -hmm. stoplights or stop signs as you're driving especially if you're the only one on the road yeah and there's no tail lights in front of you to tell so this causes accidents things like that uh, so fog is uh, you know fascinating but it definitely can be a wizard, weather weather hazard Wizard's weather hazard. weather hazard uh, so i want to hear some history interesting is when I was looking up big, you know, fog events or, you know, a, a fog event that caused car accidents and things like that, that happens fairly frequently. There's a couple of big events across the country and actually the world that we'll talk about, but I grabbed a couple of stats because I, I wondered how often do fog related accidents happen? Mm -hmm. Probably more often than we'd think. Um, and this was a stat from the Weather Channel. Now this was in 2015, so we're off by four, four years yeah. here. But they, they figured out some annual averages. So on average, fog causes over 31,000 crashes. Wow. Yes, so 31,000 crashes, 511 deaths. Are you serious? So from those accidents and 11,812 injuries. Oh my god. And that was those were annual or yearly stats through 2015. That's a lot. That is a lot. And and I bet a lot of that is because visibility is reduced on the roads and you just don't you just can't see yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um so a kind of a recent issue that we've had with fog was back on New Year's Eve into the pre-dawn hours of New Year's Day. We had some dense fog develop across a portion of Texas. It was from central Texas, so the Austin area down to San Antonio, over to the east, closer to the Houston area. And this was some information from the Houston Chronicle. They reported on multiple accidents that happened on late on New Year's Eve, early on New Year's Day. There were some accidents that weren't related to the fog, but they were able to 
figure out that some accidents were because of the very, very low visibility. Um, a driver of an SUV slammed into the back of an 18-wheeler shortly before 5 a.m. because she couldn't see the 18-wheeler wow. in front of her. Yeah. So fog caused that accident. Um, many drivers, they say here, pulled over and waited it out, which we kind of talk about this with thunderstorms. Yeah, that's You're, not always the safest, no, right? No. Uh, explain why. Because it's it's similar to how visibility drops in a thunderstorm. If you have a torrential rain, you sometimes can't see very well in front of you. You yeah. can't see the car in front of you. We've probably all experienced that at some point driving down the road. Fog is the same way. Your visibility is very, very limited. And so your intuition says to just pull over and wait. Mm -hmm. But that is that can be so dangerous, not only when it comes to fog, but also with torrential rain, because if you've got somebody coming behind you yeah. and they can't see, and all of a sudden they come up on your vehicle and you're stopped, then they you know, think they need to stop too. And that could cause really, really bad chain reaction totally. crashes or just them hitting you. Yeah. It's just not, it's just best to keep moving. And speaking of safety in fog, we say this often on TV, it's natural when you can't see outside, like if it's really dark to want to turn on your brights. Yeah. Because that usually does help you see better when it's really dark outside and there's mm -hmm. no street lights. The problem with fog is it's made of all those tiny, tiny, tiny droplets. And so the second you turn on your brights, you're actually making it worse. You're making mm -hmm. it brighter. All of those droplets reflect the light. Yes. And it actually looks worse than it is when you use the bright. So always use your low beams. That's straight from our meteorologist's mouth. We I say that <laughs> probably every time we have dense we fog. Do. I'm like, friendly reminder, low beams, yes. So use your low beams and don't don't pull over yep. because that could cause Just slow that could down, cause some big issues. Slow down and carry on. Now on that same night, New Year's Eve night, early New Year's Eve day, there was also a 32 car pileup around Austin. Oh my gosh. About 1 a.m. on, car on New pileup? Year's Day. Yeah. Th that just is an insurance nightmare. <laughs> I just can't. But you can see how it happens. Yeah, you can. If you, you can't see in front of you. So. Boom, 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 Yeah. Boom. Speaking of chain reaction crashes or pileups, there was a really bad one in 1990. Okay. In Tennessee. And this is via the Alabama weather blog, Alabama weather, oh, cool. alabamaweather.com. So they say here, I-75 between Chattanooga and Knoxville. They say it's one of the prettiest drives in the country and that's pretty easy to believe, yeah. East Tennessee. Um, and a very interesting statistic, this, that stretch of I-75, the interstate carries around 30,000 vehicles a day on average. Cool. So there's a lot of people on that stretch of road. So December 11th, 1990, this was mid morning, just after 9 a.m. Visibility dropped to less than 10 feet. Oh my goodness, imagine that. Which would, yeah, you can't you can't see stoplights, can't see the person in front of Mr. you. Mr. Darcy, can't see Mr. Darcy. Yeah, he's, he's gone for sure. <laughs> so what happened when visibility was that low, two tractor trailer trucks collided. So the one behind crashed into the one in front and this caused a chain reaction. And at the end of the whole thing, um, there, were, there was a 99 car pileup. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
since then, they have installed, and again, this was back in 1990, but since then, they have installed a lot of sensors along that stretch of I-75 okay. so that they know when it gets that bad so they can kind of alert people. Do you, know, do you have any stats of like injuries and stuff like that? I thought I did. Where'd it go? I mean, given a 99 car pileup, there's gotta be some kind of stats. Of I believe, yes, there were, there were several injuries. Sweet, we'll look that up. That was in here. I think it got cut out of my word box. That's okay. <laughs> we'll look it up later. <laughs> fail. I can look it up really fast. And something else. So before Sarah and I did this podcast, we wanted to make sure we drew a line between fog and smog. Yeah. Because they're different things. So I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about this event because it's a very famous event that fog is involved with because it started off as fog, but then it kind of turned into a smog event. This and for was, those who don't know, smog is pollution fog, pretty much. Yeah. And we want to talk a whole other podcast about that. But this is a really uh, interesting event. Yeah, so this was back in London in 1952. So if you've watched The Crown <laughs> through a good portion of we have that got series. A, we have got a theme of the British in fog today. I know. I know. So if you've watched The Crown, maybe you've seen this episode. They covered this, what they call the killer fog, mm. which is smog, Yeah, basically. So this was in 1952. In December of 1952, the fog began, and it says here, this was an article from Texas A&M Today. Yes, Giggum yes, Giggum. The fog enveloped all of London, and at first people didn't think much of it because fog is fairly common in parts of England, and so people were like, okay. But then it didn't, over a course of several days, it didn't let up. Oh, wow. It stayed, it stayed, and so then the pollutants began to get mixed in, and that's when it became the killer, killer fog, as it's now known. So... Why was it so killer? All the, all of the chemicals and pollutants and stuff that got mixed in, and then, so this, so it began, um, let me see, it lasted for five days. Wow, and, and that makes sense because they burned a lot of coal, you know, a, a lot of, uh, mm -hmm. uh, quote unquote, unclean coal, and that gets up in the air and gets trapped as yeah. well. So over five days, when it finally lifted, at least 4,000 people had died. Wow. Thousands of animals died too. <sighs> and more than 150,000 people had been hospitalized. Oh my goodness. Because you think about it, you can't, you can't get away from it. No. You can stay indoors, but people in, think it was that big of a deal. Like, oh, it's foggy again, it's yeah. foggy again. But breathing all that in turned out to be very problematic. And so I don't want to spill all the beans of the smog aspect of it, but it's interesting because it started out as just plain old fog. Right. And because it didn't, because it never lifted out just because of the meteorological setup that they had, that allowed all those pollutants to mix in with the fog, it turns into smog, and then that's where you have the, the issue. But oh my goodness. That's one of the one of the big world events where fog is involved, and unfortunately it ended up being deadly. But if you haven't seen that episode of The Crown, 
uh, I think it's season one of The Crown, and it's all about this smog event. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting and fascinating. Please go watch it. They even, I, I, when I first watched it, it's like seeing your own kind. The meteorologist at the beginning of yeah. the scene going to the barometers and looking at the pressure and predicting a fog. It was just like crazy and so cool. So please go watch that if you can. It's really interesting. Uh, that's really cool. Any more events, Katie, that you can think Those of? Those were the big ones. I the, the London one comes up. Yeah, all the time. It's like the first three pages of Google. So wow. that's, but there have, you know, a lot of parts of the country, if dense fog develops, usually accidents happen. That the the 1990 Tennessee chain reaction crash is what was one of the big national events that stood out. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm finding my my facts that got cut out of my Word document. Oh yeah, because we. So this is from News Channel Nine, which I believe is a, a Tennessee yeah, news be. station. Um, and they say 12 people were killed. Oh my goodness. And 42 people were injured. Oh my goodness. And so that's that's the danger when fog becomes that that dense. So that typically when we see death or injury with fog, it's auto accidents. Yeah, because your visibility is limited. Well, that was fascinating, Katie. Thank you so much for that. That's really cool. You don't ever really think fog is kind of just more of a nuisance. It is. Sometimes. And it just makes your hair bad, too. But that, too. <laughs> that, too. But okay. uh, good coffee drinking weather fog yes. is. But be careful and use those low beams. Yeah. So I want to, let's talk about our week on television. Our week on TV. Yeah, I you know so I know we spent the last couple of episodes talking about like kind of creepy things that happened to us, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to talk about some good things that have happened. Yeah. So it's, tell me something good. Yeah, tell me something good. <laughs> good job, Katie. Thanks. Speaking you. of singing, so this is kind of interesting. So Katie and I get some really wonderful opportunities just by being a part of the community and being on TV, and it's just it's awesome. Sometimes I have to sit and think like, what is this my life? I get to do all these things. Mm -hmm. Like we get to play with puppies on Tuesday mornings and stuff like that. Uh, but so I'm from San Antonio and went to high school here. I was in orchestra, choir, and theater, but I was never in band. And we have this huge party every year called Fiesta. It's like a two-week party event. Mm -hmm. And something that happens is the band festival. And bands from all over South Texas come together, fill up the Alamo Dome, and they asked me to be their guest singer. That's awesome. It's awesome and it's frightening. I have to sing in front of like 25,000 people, which is just kind of intimidating because we talk to a camera every day. We don't talk right. to thousands of people, right. you know. So, I mean, I'm very excited. And it's one of those things where it's like, is this my life? Like I can, I like to sing. Yeah. But And now you can, you can in front of thousands of people. I guess what song Your I'm singing. Your closest friends. Guess what song I'm I don't know. Deep in the Heart of Texas. Oh, that's right. 
the stars that night, babe. That's going to be They're awesome. big and bright. With the band. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And so it's late April, um, but my stomach's already a knot, so I know it's going to... Girl. But so that's kind of fun, right? Like those that's are very fun cool. things. Okay, so what happened with you and TV this week? I'm trying to think. Let me think. Let me think. It's been a... Wednesdays are my Monday, so I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what happened last week? So... Dandruff on my dress. It's dandruff weird. on your dress. Weird. Um, so something, something cool. I guess it didn't re didn't really happen. But <laughs> our new intern joined us oh, recently yeah. within the last week. Her name is Bree. Yes, she goes to University of Incarnate Word. Yeah, here in San Antonio. And so we're taking on spring interns. We've. News has one, I believe sports has one too. Yeah. And so we we were granted an intern. So she joined us last week and we've enjoyed having her so far. We're just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it took me back to when I was an intern. Yeah. I interned at a station in Houston and I've been trying to reflect on my time there because I want to give her a really great internship experience yeah. and I would be lying if I if I said that I didn't feel like maybe I wasn't qualified to have an <laughs> intern <laughs> I still feel like an intern myself some days so I've I've been really trying to reflect on what what was really meaningful to me as an intern what things did I absorb and I still the chief meteorologist that I worked for his name is Tim Heller and he actually just retired from broadcasting. In Houston, right? Yes. Yeah. And things he said and taught me, I still think of now. Yeah. There's so much that I was able to absorb and things that I learned. And so it's, it's been important for me to kind of reflect back on that because I want to give her as good of an experience as what I had. Yeah, we definitely do. And, and, and like you said, Katie, I, I feel the same way. I didn't know anything about being on television. Yeah. I barely knew things about forecasting. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I, I had a great education at Texas A&M, so I knew some things. Mm -hmm. But it's really through an internship that you learn the ropes here because there are things that you just don't learn in school mm -hmm. that you do learn here. And I think, you know, we're excited to have Bray. We're excited to kind of be a part of that experience for her and awesome. So that's cool. Not everybody gets to, you know, have an intern. And by the way, interns are not for getting your coffee. They are not. And your food. We, you know, she's gonna, she's going to work. Work, work, she's work. She's going work, to work. forecast, and we'll talk about the forecast. And she does green screen work, yeah. and she'll also see social media, which mm -hmm. now is a huge part of the job. Yep. Even when I was an intern in 2012, it was there. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. would post on Twitter mm -hmm. or Facebook every now and then, but Instagram really wasn't as big as it is now. It's now the thing. It's where a lot of people get their forecasts. So that's going to be a part of it as well. But it's been interesting to kind of realize, oh, wow, I, 
you you're not the intern anymore. We're now you, adults. Yeah. <laughs> We're you adults. have to not be a goober all the time. Well, at guys, work. guys, we are just so um, excited that we're continuing to do this podcast. We want to hear what you want to hear. So, if you want to reach out to us about certain weather phenomena, things that you want to hear, please let us know. Uh, review, rate, and subscribe. That's really what's going to help us get yes. uh, get our numbers up and and help us know that you're listening. You can always go to whatever the weather pod Instagram page. Mm -hmm. We've we're going to get pictures on there for every episode and it really helps out and it's visual. So again, we're just so grateful for this experience. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember to weather, weather the weather. The weather. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> you said weather the I always weather. second guess myself. Okay. Okay. Weather, weather the weather. weather. Whatever, whatever the, the weather. weather. Adios. Bye.